The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon broadcasting from sunny Arizona. It's beautiful, uh, a little crisp outside, which is always wonderful here on the desert. Um, sky is absolutely clear. It looks like we're going to have another one of those amazing Arizona days. If you haven't visited the Self-Improvement blog, I encourage you to do so. You can find it at www.the.com selfimprovementblog.com. Yeah, it's a bunch, but you can do it. Uh, if you go there, you'll find uh, the bio of our radio show guests for the week, the book reviews, uh, often an article the guest has written. Today's blog, for example, has a picture and bio of Charlene Proctor, our radio show guest. It has a review of the Oneness Gospel and three videos that she's recorded. Um, she had a, quite a number, and I, I picked three. In addition to the information about the show, it has articles on self-improvement, self-esteem, health and well-being, coping, happiness. It even has a healthy eating section, a healthy cooking section, actually, with a recipe by the best-selling cookbook writer, Holly Clegg. So I invite you to visit the self-improvement blog. There's usually something there that will appeal to everyone, but especially there's information about the show. We talk a lot about awareness lately, is self-awareness. We have a lot of articles on the blog about self-awareness. We talk about becoming more aware of what's going on around us, and many of us talk about becoming more aware of what's going on within us. More and more people are doing serious explorations uh, to become more aware of who they are, what they believe, what they're capable of doing, what they truly want. And some go within to deepen their connection with the divine. And now science is coming to understand what the mystics have known all along, the concept of oneness. Our guest today has written a book called The Oneness Gospel, Birthing the Christ Consciousness and Divine Human in You. Charlene Proctor holds a a Doctor of Philosophy degree from the University of Michigan, is an ordained minister of spiritual peacemaking 
and a Diksha facilitator from the Oneness University in Fiji and India, and we'll let her tell us what that is. She is dedicated to awakening individuals from all walks of life to the magnificence of their own divine gifts. She's the founder of the Goddess Network and the author of the best-selling book, Let Your Goddess Grow, Seven Spiritual Lessons on Female Power and Positive Thinking. She received the coveted Ippy Award for one of the best books in 2006 addressing women's issues. She has been interviewed on many radio shows. She's a real pro at it and is profiled in The Courage Code, an award-winning book featuring stories of women who are making a difference in the world. And I love this next bit. In her free time, she enjoys ballroom dancing and can be seen competing at many national events throughout the year. And I want to know more about that. Charlene, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you, Irene. It's a pleasure to be here, especially if you're inviting me to talk about dancing later on. We could have some fun. <laughs> we can talk about dancing right now that if was you'd like, like. That's to. part of the bio. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I want to, uh, you know, I want to start out by asking you to tell us about yourself. Who is Charlene Proctor? Uh, well, uh, many years ago, I was involved in academia. I uh, have a couple of, well, more than a couple of degrees, and I was involved in the um, science community for quite some time. I was actually working as a researcher and writing books on such riveting topics as the depolymerization of the nylon six fiber and a lot of left brain things. I know. I hope you're laughing by now. Um, I, I, so, I think probably many. So, <laughs> so you know what? Part of my because shift, we don't know what exactly you just said. <laughs> oh yeah, it was the real page turner. Let me tell you. So um, you know, part of my shift was to be uh, recognizing that oh, I spent a lot of my time in the left brain. I was very logical and analytical oriented. I felt that that was very validating for me as a person, as a woman and as a um, career-minded individual. And then uh, uh, one day I got up, and like most people where something in life just kind of hits you in the head really hard, realized that if I didn't find some way to fuse my spiritual life and my spiritual interests and, and interest in personal growth with my professional career, I just wasn't going to make it. So uh, that was the day the Goddess Network was born, and over the course of many years, I began writing books on positive thinking and uh, female empowerment. I began giving workshops and writing more books about uh, the issues that are blocking women from their own success. I found it very interesting as a researcher that women were in a very positive and inviting culture in terms of opportunity, but they could not step up to their potential in many ways. So I spent a lot of time doing that, working with all walks of people. And uh, as you know, with all of us who are writers or teachers or those on a spiritual path, just kind of surrender to the flow and go where God tells us to go next. And, and sometimes those are very interesting places. Yes. It, it, and you it say, you is. want me to go where? It's like, where do you want me to serve? I know that sounds so dramatic, but when you begin living life like that and you, um, instead of struggling with the flow so much in terms of work, because many of us do, 
with our jobs. It's like, oh, you know, I studied to do this, or I think I was meant to do that, and then all of a sudden the path shifts, and you feel, well, that doesn't fit in with my plan. Well, maybe it isn't your plan after all, and it certainly wasn't mine, and uh, through a series of personal issues with our suffering that went on in our family was led to these teachings that were coming over from India, uh, and I call them the oneness teachings. And so I spent a lot of years um, working with them and the energy work uh, as a consequence of that and uh, fully experienced the beauty and the magnificence and the um, change of mind that happened as a result of being in these teachings and, and then later giving them to other people. And that's kind of how the new book evolved. So, you know, like anything that we teach that's, that's uh, powerful, I think life always wants to show us a way to embrace that in a very personal way. Do you agree with that? Oh, I totally agree with that. Um, let me ask you this question. When you got involved in Eastern philosophy and the teachings of, of the Hindus, this was not something that was prominent in, in this country. So I'm always interested to hear how you were able to learn that. Where did you get in touch with this? Because the teachings are so wonderful. Well, there's a lot of good pieces out there. I mean, I don't think you need to go to India to fully embrace some of the truths and the underlying truths in some of these um, beautiful texts, like the Bhagavad Gita, the works of Paramahansa Yogananda, who was... Oh, I love love his work. He's one of my favorites. Um, An amazing teacher, so uh, deep in his connection with the Divine Presence, and was able to communicate in his time, what the bridges were between the Eastern and Western thought, because he was, I consider him to be a yogi and a Christian mystic. I mean, he, here was a guy who was so well-versed in both traditions and was attempting yes. to reach out to show people the commonalities of thought. Um, and then you had Kriyananda and all the you know, I don't want to call them disciples, but people who had studied with him and so forth. And uh, they're just, our whole experience today is so filled, filled with rich um, thought and uh, philosophers. You know, even modern-day people like Thomas More or Eckhart Tolle are very good. And what about the old Christian mystics, you know, like St. Francis of the CC? I mean, all of those works, um, as a researcher and a, re- a person who reads, I spent a lot of time just in the library and uh, with my head in the book, searching and learning and trying to find these few threads. Oh, and I, there are threads. There's so many. There's so many, and I thought, you know, after a while, the piece, um, this particular book, just evolved into something that could kind of connect the dots between some of the best of Eastern thought and the best of Western thought. And, of course, with Western thought and the mainstream um, Christian audience, you know, we have the New Testament and, and, the, and the beautiful works of Jesus and so forth, but some of this is just so shrouded in um, dogma. You know, the Bible is, is very difficult to read. It's hard for a person to sit down and go, oh, well, okay, I'm going to get spiritually enlightened today and I'm going to read three chapters, yes. you know, and yes. Mark, it's like, ugh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yes, <laughs> so I, we I really do We really want to do that. So, uh, 
you know, all I can say is in how I approach this new piece um, is that I looked for through my own experiences with the oneness group and the and the the wonderful things I brought back from Fiji and India to look for some congruency with some of the teachings of our most wonderful Western spiritual leaders and people like Jesus. Um, so that's kind of it's, how I approach It's interesting to me that, in, particularly in our country, in the Western countries, we think that the big leaders all lived thousands of years ago, when actually we have many among us now. Just a thought I'll throw out. And it's a powerful I, thought. And you know what it says to me is that we're always looking, well, not always, but often many of us, many people who are spiritual seekers are caught up in the seeking and not the being or the experience or seeing what's so evident in front of us. And there's so much rich information and teachings. I mean, and it not doesn't necessarily need to be somebody you're waiting in line three hours to see some, uh, no. you know, Indian blessing giver or a, a gifted person or a writer give some sort of big program. I mean, it could be the person who's giving you your dry cleaning order down the street. We're all learning from each other. And the, the, the key to me and one of the biggest takeaway values of this piece that I writ, wrote is that one of the primary things that needs to happen is we have to raise our level of awareness to being receptive of teaching that happens all the time. So, you know, we don't need to be spending eight days a week in church or or meditating on a mountaintop or, you know, in some Tibetan cave to feel spiritual. As long as we are centered and we are aware and living in the present moment and really have an understanding of what that means, there's there's opportunity for us to raise our level of conscious awareness wherever we go. I mean, it could be from the lady that gives you your McDonald's order. I mean, there. Yes. You know what I or mean? The grandson. And because <laughs> life becomes so simple, and once, and, and that to me, that to me is the movement that's happening now. You know, this we're all talking about the shift in consciousness and all these big shifts in 2012 and so forth. Oh, and yeah. you know, what does that really mean? It, it, to me, it means what you said is that this is about us raising our level of awareness such that we are ingesting life at a more robust level. We're taking in more. We are noticing more. We are more centered in the I am in the present moment, because that's where the power is. Exactly. And with that thought, I'd like for us to go to break, and we'll come back and talk more about that and get into talking about your book. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Charlene Proctor, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for us at keyword World Talk Radio. Oh, 
meet best-selling authors, find tantalizing new books, learn the latest healthy living tips, and be inspired to coach yourself to success on Star Style. Be the star you are every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Time on World Talk Radio. The Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her health hero daughter, Heather Brittany, fire up the airwaves with upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Come play with us. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Charlene Proctor. We've been talking a little bit about what led her up to writing her book, The Oneness Gospel. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit now. Um, we, we talked a little bit about what led you to this, but what really inspired you to sit down and write a book of this magnitude? There was a lot of personal suffering in our family. Um, and because of this, I began to experience physical illnesses. And as you know, as a new thought person and as a spiritual teacher, that every thought is form. And what we think yes. manifests into disease if our thoughts are not fully aligned because we are in a state of dis-ease or not at ease with ourselves. So like many people who have emotional trauma, it gets stuck in the energy layers in our body or the koshas, and that is the beginning of some serious diseases. So I woke up, you know, in a matter of months um, after uh, watching my child spiral into this personal hell that he was in, and uh, it began to take a toll in the form of back injury and cancer and so forth. And uh, as you know... When we have back problems, especially back problems, is all about support, right? Because yes. that's the spine, and we feel as if we're holding up, you know, the world like Hercules, and then our bodies just can't take it anymore. So as a consequence of this, I became intrigued with this idea of Diksha, or the blessing, or this energy transfer, as a means to release this emotional trauma from the energy layers in the body. Okay, wait a minute. I think maybe we need, if we're going to talk about Diksha, you need to explain to our listeners what that is. It was a new term to me. Mm -hmm. um, what a wonderful idea. You know, <laughs> what a wonderful blessing. But tell our listeners what Diksha is so they can track with us here. The Diksha, or basically the blessing, everyone knows what a blessing is, um, or the, in this case the oneness blessing, is this transfer of intelligent sacred energy, which initiates a journey into a higher state of conscious awareness. 
So people who give the blessing have either been trained to give it or they are operating at a level of awareness or, or, or at a state where they can put this energy into you um, that helps you with the perception that the sense of self is separate from the divine. So it's this kind of unique blessing or energy transfer. And what it's said to do is initiate this neurobiological change in the brain. And I know that sounds very strange, but if you've ever been in receipt of a diksha or a blessing, the blessing giver usually puts their hands on the top of your head and to transfer this energy. And what it does is it first helps you to clear all this constant chatter from the mind. So over time, I think people, and and some people uh, report that they think clearer, they're open to more love and joy and peace in many areas of their life. So what you're essentially doing is that this parietal lobe, I'm giving you the science explanation here, um, in the brain gets deactivated. So it changes your perception of reality which is kind of known as an enlightened state. And I'll tell you, over the years, I have given people this blessing and worked with folks, and they always call the next day and say, I have never slept better in my life. I feel warmer. I feel more peaceful. Um, In my case, when I began to work with this energy, uh, this kundalini, uh, you know, this energy center that goes from the root of your spine to the top of your head. Right. Totally open. And if you can imagine, um, if you took a garden hose outside and you just kind of shook it like 10 times really quick and it looked like a snake, that's what it feels like. It feels like this undulating movement. And I had to live like that with this a vibrating kundalini snake energy running up and down my spine for so long that I finally felt like I had to, uh, you know, attend some of these programs in India to try to get that regulated because the energy was so powerful. Did you have this before the trouble with your son began or had, and, and were you ordained before um, his (laughs) trouble or did this come after? Uh, What, the, the, uh, the 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 ordination, the Diksha blessing? I think uh, you know, was this pre no, I, you know pre trouble or post trouble Yeah, I think I did. I think I did the energy work before I became ordained. I think that's how it worked. It's always kind of a big blur because it's been a while. You know, I'll have to look that up. I'll look up my dates. I believe <laughs> I was ordained. I was just trying to put this work. in some kind of chronological order so no, we can No, you know, it's just kind of all evolved in one one big thing. And, and uh, I it, totally understand that. Then actually it was interesting because I began uh, getting these blessings from stateside in darshans, which is a darshan is just a big gathering and you have a spiritual mass usually from India, like Sai Ma Lakshmi Devi. Are you uh, familiar with her stuff? Um, she's, she's not well. well. I, I know who she is, but she's, I'm not really a, well. Yeah, she's a wonderful teacher, and she gives um, a blessing. I don't think she would call it the oneness blessing, but uh, she gives the diksha. And then uh, there's another one I had received these energies from, which was Ama Amritananda Mai. She's the hugging saint. They right. call her the hugger. Ama, the, the one who hugs. 
and she doesn't speak any English. And she comes, uh, she came into town, and I saw her. And I'll tell you, a blessing from her just knocked me flat on my knees. I couldn't even get up off the uh, the die when she um, gave me this energy. And I thought, you know. There's something to this, whether it's a mystical connection or a way, in the beginning I thought it's a way to get closer to the divine presence, but it was definitely opening a door for me in terms of healing and uh, awareness overall. So one thing led to another, and I decided that I needed to be more embedded in this material without a lot of distraction and to pursue this with an open mind and without any expectation and so that's when I went to Fiji the first time to study with these dasas. And a dasa is just a monk, you know, a, a holy person uh, who works as a disciple or a, a student, learned student under some spiritual master. And these dasas were absolutely the most beloved creatures you would ever meet on the face of the planet. They were amazing teachers. And uh, I tell you, I... I was overwhelmed with how rich the teachings were and how much love and time they spent with all of us. And, and uh, these, these programs are very interesting because they group everybody by country. So <laughs> when, oh. they, when they schedule these things, they put all the Westerners together and then they put all the, you know, uh, the Russians together and they put all the, all the people from Sweden together. Because first Is that of all, because of the language? Oh, absolutely. Or? Otherwise, it'd be like, you know, the Tower yeah. of Babel. I mean, we'd just be yes. yakking at each other. Nobody would know what's going on. But what's more interesting is that we're all kind of sharing similar perspectives about conscious awareness and, and uh, suffering and so forth. I mean, there's a lot of con- uh, conditioning culturally that comes uh, uh, to us and that we, uh, we, we fabricate on our own. I mean, we bring a, a lot of our suffering on and we don't know how to manage it. And it's very interesting um, to understand the Eastern's perspective on why the Western culture is suffering. Um, so why, it, why is that? Why are we suffering so? Well, first of all, they say, and they say this lovingly and laughingly, which kind of puts it in perspective, but they say, first of all, we manage our suffering. We don't want to go through it. We are unwilling to experience our own suffering. Um, we suffer when we don't fully live to the present moment and feel the pain, if there is pain, and embrace it. And so the way they view us is that we're just managing our suffering. I mean, we don't allow it to fill us and, and, and feel it and stay with it. And why, to, do you, why do you think that is? Well, well we want to watch TV and shop more. I mean, oh, we okay. don't want to run away and eat, drink, and complain and get mad at our families and, and do more Internet shopping. And because that's easier, we don't believe that experiencing the suffering is a way to move through it. So oh. our our method in the Western culture is to just, contain it and manage it and that is definitely not the key to living in joy and uh into into fully experiencing life so i call it a disease the biggest disease of western culture um the other thing they tell us is that we have a complete lack of present moment awareness 
and this is again what we've already talked about is this old programming. You know, all this old conditioning, which it, which it could be cultural, it could be emotional or societal or even maybe religious conditioning. And they, t- they taught us that all conditioning is negative. Even positive conditioning is negative because it takes away from our awareness of what is. What's and, happening right now. Exactly. And we we're were, always getting ready for something. There you go. So we're thinking about living in the future, and we're not really yes. embracing the thing that is in front of us. Um, and it's awfully hard to feel like you're living a spiritual life when you're in the past or in the future. Um, you need to be aware of where you are, who you are, your behavior, your thoughts, where your heart is, what kind of energy and vibration you're emanating all the time. This is all part of being in the present moment and to be willing to look at any conditioning that you alters your view of, of reality. Is, do you think part of this is because we've always been taught to be so other-directed? You know, we're not supposed to pay attention to ourselves. We're not supposed to love ourselves. Everybody else comes first, you know, on and on. Is, is it that kind of thing that we've been brought up with that's giving us trouble now, even though many of us have been introduced to these concepts, we still fall back into those old patterns taking care of everybody else first and not giving time to us and to the moment? No, I think it's more about doing and not being. And I uh-huh. think uh, that's where I think it is. And yeah. I think it's, it's text messaging that's ruining our, <laughs> ruining our lives. I have to laugh and say this, you know, but it drives me up a wall. To sit there at dinner with somebody and I make an effort to be fully present and somebody's cell phone is chinging and people are texting communicating in little bite-sized commentaries about this and that instead of just shutting that unit off and looking at somebody in the face and saying, let's just create something here together and fully enjoy each other. Even if it's for five minutes, let's both be fully present. Our whole culture, I got it, I got it, I think I'm suddenly going to list that as the third disease of Western culture, <laughs> is text messaging. I won't do, I have one person that would text to say, are you, are you on your way? You know, <laughs> that's it. Uh, I mean, I I, there's a time and a place for it, but but with all the beauty and the uh, wonder of technology, it's also become a real burden for all of us. And uh, in a work world, of course, it's that we're expected to produce at such a light speed. I mean, we're racing to keep up the speed of information, and it's very difficult. And all these little gadgets keep us ahead of the pack or at least able to, you know, cruise at a level where everyone else is. But... Um, we're not, we have to slow down occasionally and uh, open ourselves up to be aware of where we're spending our time and, and uh, we're spending a lot in our head, not enough in our heart, and we do not know how to be peaceful because we don't want to be alone with ourselves. I mean, I think part of being a fully awakened individual is to understand your authentic self and to be at ease with yourself. Well, how are you going to learn how to be at ease with yourself if you don't want to spend any time with yourself or even examine yourself periodically in a real conversation with a person and not your telephone? (laughs) And I want to talk more about this. I want to expand this thought. 
when we come back from break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Charlene Proctor saying, oh, you don't want to miss this next piece, so stay tuned. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Charlene Proctor. Uh, we were talking about gadgets and texting and not having any peace. Charlene, let's talk more about this. You talk about this in your book in any number of segments. You, you talk. I want to talk about your book too, but let's talk about being peaceful first. Peaceful to me is congruent with the idea of oneness. And oneness is being completely aware of God within yourself. All the time. If we can do that, can you imagine at a vibratory level what, what would come out of us, even if we just spent five minutes a day with that idea? Our vibrations would rise. Our whole uh, heart emanation would change. You would attract so much goodness and different people and different relationships, more abundance and prosperity in your life. I mean, that is essentially how the world changes. Um, in the uh, Unity Church, uh, they have this song, and I know they sing it in many other churches as well. What's the song, Peace Begins With Me? Yeah, let it? there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And peace begins with me, right. So we're sitting there singing the song and we're not really ingesting what the whole thought process is behind it. And what it is simply is if you want peace, you have to vibrate at the level of peace. 
if you want abundance in your life, you have to vibrate at the level of abundance. If you want love in your life, you have to vibrate at the level of love in order to attract those things to you. And that, in turn, changes your family and community and nation and world, you know, just like a big domino. Now, for those who haven't heard of this concept of vibrating at a level, can you explain in simply and briefly what that means? Okay. Uh, Well, um, two things, I would say. The first is that all form is thought, right? Yes. Everything we create, everything in life is a conscious creation. It's a partnership between us and the universe. Um, It's a relationship. And uh, so at its basic level, if we want something, if we want to manifest something we want, uh, we do so with clarity and passion. That was an old phrase that Emmett Fox, do you remember Emmett Fox? Oh, yes, he was love a, Emmett um, Fox. new thought guy from the 40s, amazing teacher. And basically he taught uh, two concepts when it comes, and this does relate to the whole idea of the vibration is if you want to manifest something in your life, you want to be a conscious co-creator with God, you have to have clarity and passion. You have to be clear on what it is you want. You have to be able to visualize it and know what you want. Um, Maybe your mom said to you once, well, if you don't know what you want, any road will get you there. Remember that old expression? Oh, I do. And what what it essentially means is that, well, if you're not real clear about what you want, you're just going to kind of wander around, and you won't really see it. You might wonder where all these wonderful opportunities were, but it's because you were never clear in this vibration that you're emanating or this thought pattern coming from your own head. The other piece that Emmett taught us was passion. you got to really jump and love and be involved in the idea of what it is you want. So if your whole deal in life is that you want to be wealthy, then you had better spend a lot of time in your own head and as a vibratory person vibrating or being in the idea passionately. What does it feel like to be wealthy? You know, what are you doing when you're wealthy? What do you see yourself doing? What kind of friends do you have and so forth? And I always maintain that really successful people, not everybody, but most of them, spend a great deal of time paying attention to the clarity and passion that they need to have to be, uh, you know, to be successful. Exactly. So, So with that being said, you know, everything... Everything is a vibration. And, you know, uh, Yogananda used to say that all vibrations are the frozen imagination of God. I just think that's a really oh, cool thing. Oh, that's is lovely. That just, just amazing? And so, so with that being said, and this idea that all form is thought, because we are creating, creating, creating our world consciously, um, when we project a lower vibration, what we are doing is projecting a lower state of consciousness. And what are we doing? We're creating discord. We're creating negativity because it's distorted, right? Right. Hate or separation or exploitation or anger or spite, selfishness, all that stuff is a lower vibration. It's real sticky. And um, if people um, really want to know more about what you're talking about, I really suggest they get your book. And go to Chapter 6, Mind and Thought, and then stay in it for Chapter 7 on the emotions, because this is just pretty much the best I've read anywhere on these, on these subjects. Wonderful stuff, Charlene. Thanks. Um, 
and you know, on the other end of the spectrum, really, uh, which I think takes us to a higher state of connection, if you will, with the divine presence, is uh, or higher conscious awareness is just being aware of God within ourselves, which is love. And those vibrations are constructive, and they're non-resistant, and they act creatively, right? And this is what it's all about, living in the flow. So every day we get out of bed, and we can choose to do what Emmett Fox said, which is create our reality with passion and clarity, or we can raise our our whole attitudes and our outlook on life and our energies and what what is coming out of our hearts in a positive way. Um, we're going to see a result from that very quickly because it's just like looking at a reflection in the mirror. You know, it's just going to bounce right back to us. But over time, can you imagine if we addressed our work relationships and our personal relationships and, and, and before we did, just get inside of ourselves for five minutes and raise ourselves up to those thoughts? And uh, if we practice this, if everybody took the time to just practice this a little bit instead of, you know, turning on the television or running to another activity or texting people, <laughs> or texting people. <laughs> we would see a whole lot of different, um, you know, we would see a lot of a, a different world. And, and to me, that's beginning to happen um, as, a, as a mass movement. I know. I agree uh, with you. And I don't think it's just a hiccup. I think that this is a time where people are more open and aware of this, this way to live. And I'll tell you, this started several years ago when they had this movie, um, what was it, The Secret? What the Bleep out. or The Secret? Yeah, remember we that. We had What the Bleep, The Secret, yeah, um, what there's the another one. Actually, What the Bleep was the first one. I thought, when I went to see that movie, I said, this is so exciting. I was beside I know, myself. I did too. I, I was. I'm like, it's about time. And, and, and people are getting courage enough now to examine their own belief system and say, something's not quite right here. And they're able then to look around and see what does work. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do that. You know, I, I'm, I'm probably quite a bit older than you. And in my day, we didn't question. You, you just accepted well, when we're not that way anymore. When we're looking around, what was it that you just said? We're look, looking around to see what works. I we're was, looking around to see what works. For yeah, us. we're we're like uh, we're like little data gatherers for God. Yes. you know that's kind of a funny way to look at it, but it is so true because all of us, as individualized sparks of divine creation, are the eyes and ears of God. He and that's sees, what you mean by oneness. Well, yeah, that's part of it, because he, she cannot experience, there's the intellect there, okay, but it's just like uh, if, you, if you open a cookbook and you want to make um, cassoulet, for example, and you're, and you're looking at all the, uh, the ingredients and you're reading this recipe book and you're, oh, okay, well, we need shrimp and mussels and all these other wonderful things, tomatoes and spice and so forth, and you're reading this recipe, which is completely in your head and intellectual, but it doesn't, doesn't mean anything in terms of experience because you have to eat it. You have to eat it. You have to be in it. You have to smell it and taste it and swallow it and go, mm. 
and and to me, this is part of this co-creative partnership that we have with the presence because the presence is experiencing our world, our life, our emotions, everything that we all are together through us. And when you think about it, that is a very powerful idea. Think about if everybody understood what their potential was to be an expression mm. of the divine presence and really honored that. Don't you think the world would like be working a little bit better than it is right now? Oh, yeah. I somehow think we wouldn't need to go to war. No, that would definitely end pretty soon. Yeah, I, I think, I think we would... a lot of things would end if we lived that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a huge concept. We're almost at the end of this segment, so tell me, or tell the listeners, how they can find you on the Internet and how they can find your book. Listeners should go to theonenessgospel.com or charleneproctor.com. Now, if you go to onenessgospel.com and you click at the link at the top of the page, there's all kinds of free gifts when you buy the book. Um, we have a beautiful book trailer and uh, all kinds of uh, bonus gifts that my friends are offering when they buy the book. If they buy it next week, I believe um, that would be April 24th. Um, but even if you don't, you can Google me at Charlene Proctor and uh, or go to our website and learn more and or just Google the Oneness Gospel and you'll be able to find the book in any ebook format that there is. Um, so we hope that people will be interested in this material and, and buy a copy. This is a brand new book out. I want you to write all this down while we go to break. I'll look it up now. Uh, I'm assuming that you can get yourself on a list of some kind so you can be one of the first to get it. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Charlene Proctor saying, stay tuned, we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Charlene Proctor. We're talking about her book, The Oneness Gospel. Its formal release will be next week on the 24th, but you can get it now, and I encourage you to find this book. It's um, really quite amazing. It's not... uh, a quick, simple, easy little read that's going to just leave you wondering what you had. It's a book that gives you a lot of meat. Uh, I call it a meat and potatoes book. Uh, it's not fluff, um, and it will help you get a lot of clarity on a lot of things that have been rumbling around in your head. One thing that's in her book um, and that she talks about, I think it's on your website too, are the 12 principles for becoming a divine human. This is a lovely piece. Let's talk a little bit about it, Charlene. I thought it would be interesting at the end of all of these different lessons that are in the Oneness Gospel to try to sum up something that's a little hit list. And I know a lot of us, um, and it's funny, when you go into a bookstore in Western culture, we always want the 10 steps to this, or (laughs) we want want the shorthand list of, okay, uh, how do I get better marketing for my business in four easy steps or less? Or, you know, if it's a diet, what are the five things I need to do to lose 25 pounds or so forth? So um, with with that thought in mind, I thought, well, let's just have a little page where people can cut out maybe post on their bathroom there and remember some of the essence of what it was that I was talking about. And when I say I, I don't mean me, the individual. I kind of group all of my spiritual teachers in with that group or what we're talking about. Um, So the thing about being a divine human is actually, uh, I thought, a little scary concept for a lot of people because you hear the word divine and you go, we can't be divine. We can never be divine. That's just something that I'm not entitled to because this is a part of our our conditioning. Exactly. And I vehemently disagree with that because uh, our best, spiritual teachers, and especially Jesus, was always telling us that we can be everything that he was and that we were gods. And all it means is to know your true self means that you have this power and potential within and that any of the works he did that we were able to do too. So the whole blockage of saying, well, I I can never be what he was, or I could never be what Krishna was, or I could never be what, you know, Yogananda was, or or the Buddha, or whoever it is in your wisdom tradition, is, is crazy. We're never going to resolve this issue of separation, which is a form of suffering for all of us, if we don't let go of the fact that we that we are unable to reach this divine potential that resides in each one of us. The only difference between you and me, who are peaceful people, and the terrorists across the other side of the world who are killing and blowing people up, they are no different than we are. But what is different is that we have uh, reimagined our own divinity, and we understand that we are a part of this thing that is all that is. And they have not realized their potential. Their eyes are not open yet. So, no. you know, this, 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 this whole awakening of, of to, to be something divine, to me, is the first 
block, you know, this hurdle that we need to overcome. So that's kind of all I want to say about the term divine human before I talk about the 12 principles. If you still want to go there. (laughs) I do want to go there. Uh, So the 12 little things, and and I'll just, you know, maybe we can take a uh, couple here because they're so rich and wonderful. And I, like I said, we encourage people to read. But the first one on the list is to just understand yourself and to know what your relationship is to the divine presence. I mean, how are we going to enlighten ourselves or awaken to a higher level of conscious awareness if we don't really know who we are as human beings? And oh, I that's mean, such a good question. I mean, and that's about Irene, or that's about Charlene, or that's about each of us as individuals looking inside and going, wow, I know who I am. I am at ease with myself. You know, I... I feel authentic because those ideas lay the groundwork for self-love. And how are we supposed to love anybody if we can't love ourselves first? So we need to spend some time, that's why it's the first one at the top of the list, to think about this stuff and to know who we are and how we see ourselves in a relationship with the presence. You know, what is that? And everybody will have a different answer. Bhagavan always said, seven billion people on the planet, seven billion versions are images of the divine. And I love that. Everybody is going to have a different image, a different way, and a different relationship to this thing we call the God. So let that be, and let's quit quit arguing about whose version is better or more righteous than somebody else's. Who cares? Somebody asked me that question not, um, a couple of years ago in a class, you know, how, how many ways are there to get to God? And I said, well, I don't know. How many ways are there to get into Phoenix? And there are a lot. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, multiply that by how many people are on the planet. <laughs> and and it, because we're so unique, we're so individual. And everybody is going to look at it slightly different. So that principle about understanding yourself and your relationship to the vine is so vitally important. Um, Another one that's on the 12 principles is is something that Amma said to all of us when they began teaching these um, ideas out in India. And she said, the journey begins where you are, not where you want to be. I, I just found that so profound. The journey begins where you are, not where you want to be. You can't be anywhere else than where you are. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so you have the one to... that I the one that hits me is the very last one. See God everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mention God often, because in our society, it seems like we've almost shut down from talking about God. Like somebody's going to be offended. Uh, it's a disease. Oh, wait, could yeah, that be I our mean, fourth disease? I, I have the to keep track of The most important thing we have to talk about. <laughs> and uh, I think it's sad. Um, we're spending so much time arguing about eradicating the word God because we're going to offend somebody. It's, it's yep. it, it, I don't know. I guess if I wanted to get all angry about something, which I'm trying not to, it would be this. I mean, say God. But I have an idea, though. Charlene. We can text about God. Oh, yeah, there you go. 
text. <laughs> We're almost up at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want just very quickly for you to tell us just a little bit about ballroom dancing because <gasps> here we are with oh. a wonderful spiritual woman who dances. <laughs> Is that just so exciting? I love it. Just quickly tell us what you what's your favorite dance? Uh, oh, that's hard to say because I love all of them so much. I do love the foxtrot. Um, it's just wonderfully old-fashioned and very 40s. Um, and I love all the rhythm dances, too, because there's just so much joy in doing it. If anybody wants to see my dance pictures, they should go to our Facebook.com page and just put Charlene Proctor in there. And we're, uh, my partner and I are actually on a national tour this year. We're um, trying to win the national leaderboard of uh, all the dancers. There's about 6,000 of them right now, and so we're on tour in between everything, and we consider it our journey to joy because that's kind of what God wants us to do, right? You find a joyful yes. place. you got to go out and do something about it, so express it in some way that makes sense to you. You know, we're told to make a joyful noise. We're told to dance before mm-hmm. the Lord. I that's just I love it. Yeah, that's I what we're it. doing. We're dancing before the Lord all over the country, and we're leaving for Philadelphia tomorrow. So um, if anybody's out there, they can come to the Philadelphia Dance Sport Festival and see us dancing with joy. And uh, what that's what fun. we're doing. Yeah. Now, what? Getting back to our topic. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? To be here now. To just be here and to be fully present. And to be a divine human means to raise your vibration to the highest level that is possible for you. And to receive the wisdom of God's reflection in your body, in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. That would be my thought for the day. When you do that, your feet will dance. Mm, they sure do. Next, yeah. <laughs> Next week's guest is Hemet Gupta. We're going to be talking about the digital universe. Charlene, thank you so very much for being with us today. You're very welcome. This is Irene Conlon saying, I want you to go right now to your computer and order the Oneness Gospel and then come back and join us again next week on the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 